0: We're kicking off Fire Prevention Month here at Xylem, which starts on October 1st, with a special episode of Solving Water focused on permanent and temporary fire protection systems. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and I'm excited to introduce Todd Ware, America's Product Line Manager for AC Fire, and Pete Snow, Training Coordinator for Rental and Service in the Americas, who are going to give us the inside scoop on how to protect structures, processes, and people using fire systems. This topic is incredibly timely, not only because we're about to embark on fire protection month 2020, but also because of the unfortunate devastation that fires have caused in the U.S. this year, predominantly on the West Coast. Tad, Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for being here today and speaking with me about what fire protection systems are, when to use temporary or permanent solutions, and how we're advancing fire protection technology in the face of significant disasters that are only getting worse. Um, Before we get into the discussion, I just want to give our listeners a little background on our guests. So, Todd, if you could start by telling us what you do for Xylem, that would be great. And then, Pete, you can jump in afterward.
1: Yeah,
2: sure. Uh, Amanda, thanks for having us on here. So, I'm America's product line manager for AC Fire. So, I I do a lot of training on uh, fire pumps and NFPA 20. Uh, you know, I also get involved with new product development and some of the internal sales management type of stuff. Um, but training is a big part of what I do. You know, normally we do it in the schoolhouse. We do a lot of in-person. We get some hands-on. Uh, during COVID right now, you know, we're doing a lot of these webinars. We're trying to get as much much of the word out as we can and as much training as we can do, you know, in, with our limited uh, capabilities.
1: And uh, good morning, good afternoon. It's Pete Snow. I'm with the rental and services portion of the America's Commercial team. I also do a lot of training, as Todd said. So, as we go through this, Todd's going to be talking about how things are permanently installed and sold to customers. I'm going to be covering how they can be rented temporarily for a portable solution in a fire protection situation. I've had 25 years of experience specifically with the Godwin product line, uh, but also now with other products in the Xylem platform, such as the uh, flight submersibles and such. So yeah, we both do a lot of training in our background. So we'll be happy to share that information with you today.
0: Awesome, and I just kind of want to take a step back as we start this conversation. So before I started working at Xylem, I essentially considered fire protection equipment as it related to water as really just sprinkler systems. I know that's (laughs) probably putting myself out there, but um, I learned quickly that that's an incorrect assumption. So Todd, why don't you paint a picture for our audience about what at Xylem we consider as fire protection
2: systems? Well, sure. So we sell fire pumps for water-based fire protection systems. So sprinklers is most of it, you know, any commercial office building, you know, restaurant, stores, most places you go are gonna have sprinklers for fire protection. Uh, in the industrial world, there's also deluge systems, hydrants, foam systems for aircraft hangars. Those have different other components, but they all are based on water and you still have the same type of fire pump. Feeding the water part of those systems in. So, like for example, a foam system, you'll also have a positive displacement pump and and some chemicals that you're ejecting into the water. But you're going to have that larger fire pump, the water pump, that's feeding that and allowing the foam to to to, to combine and mix and and uh, fill up the hangers or wherever you're trying to protect. So the only things that we don't, you know, you don't really use a water fire pump for for fire protection. It would just be like a gas system where you have perhaps in a library or somewhere where there's delicate things that you can't get wet. Or, you know, then there's just the typical fire prevention, which is uh, a little bit different. You know, fire protection is putting out the the fires. You know, we've got the, the pumps, you know, we're, we're there in case there is a fire, we're trying to put it out. Fire prevention, you know, is, is the key. And, you know, we're coming into the October is fire, fire prevention month. So, you know, we want to push. Of course, we want to sell fire pumps, but it's much more important not to ever have those fires start. So uh, that, that's the other side of it. For us, water-based. So we are the pump. We, we consider the pump the heart of the system. You know, we are what makes the whole thing work. You, you've got sprinkler heads. Those only work if you can get enough pressure behind them. and The pump is how you get that pressure. You've got the deluge valves. You've got hydrants. All that stuff you know you've got lots of infrastructure lots of piping lots of devices none of it works without the pump so we we consider the pump to be very important it has to work the first time it has to be reliable and you know ac fire we are the oldest listed pump man uh, oldest listed fire pump manufacturer in the world you know if you go back we can go back to 1917 and look at the ul list and there's only of the five uh, fire pumps that are in that list only goulds and Alice Chalmers, really, which became AC Fire, only those two are still around and those both trace their lineage up to the current AC Fire brand. So we're kind of proud to be, you know, we've been in the industry longer than anybody. We've been making pumps for Fire Prediction longer than anybody. And our current team has a lot of experience. We've seen a lot of things and, you know, we like to Mm -hmm. think that, you know, we we provide a, a good service by being able to answer questions that, you know, when things don't go perfectly, out in the field, we're there, we're a phone call away and we can answer that kind of thing. And I know, you know, on the temporary side, Godwin has, you know, that's what they're known for. (laughs)
0: Right, right. And that's actually um, another thing I learned (laughs) from working at Xylem, although much more recently is that um, there are temporary applications for fire protection systems, not just permanent. And so Pete, this one's for you. Um, I know your expertise is in temporary systems. Can you give us an overview of some of the primary applications where temporary fire protection is preferred over permanent?
1: Um, preferred is an interesting word. Uh, <laughs> okay, it, 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 That means one as opposed to the other. And I'd like to rephrase it as uh, a, a substitute because as Todd mentioned, Every permanent structure, like a building or something that has a sprinkler system that you learned about, Amanda, has a permanently installed fire pump, an AC fire pump, and that's a good thing. And we hope that they never run. As far as when a temporary fire protection system would come into play, a couple of reasons. Let's take a new building that's being built, and the builder is, uh, the owner is, is in a hurry to get the certificate of occupancy, wants to get in there, start putting some furniture and moving people in, but the permanently installed fire pump hasn't been delivered yet. So therefore, they can't get the CO. They can't get people into the building. However, if they rent a portable system utilizing not an AC fire pump, but another xylem brand called the Godwin pump, which is, and I'll just take a second to explain this, a portable diesel-powered, and that's key. I'll get back to that in a second. Diesel-powered high-pressure pump that can take the place of a permanently installed pump for a temporary basis. Now, the fact that it's diesel-powered means it's completely standalone. There's no need for electricity. So even in a massive power outage, you still have fire water, spraying on a potential fire. So there's a. I, I kind of wrapped in a couple of reasons there together. First of all, to get a CO and get into a building prior to a permanent, permanent uh, fire pump being installed. Secondly, if that fire pump is out of service, to maintain the service to that building and maintain your insurance policy for goodness sake, you need to have active fire protection. And a temporary fire system can provide that. And AC fire pumps has a large range of flows and discharge pressures. And fortunately, so does the Godwin product. So just about any AC fire pump that's permanently installed, there's a Godwin product that can take its place temporarily.
0: Okay. Okay. So Pete, do you have any recent examples that you can point to of um, installations for temporary systems that you've you've done?
1: You know, it, it, it runs the gamut. Uh, recently, there was a new Walmart being built, okay? And here you go. They wanted to move in product. They wanted to stock the shelves. They wanted to get everything, but they couldn't because they didn't have the certificate of occupancy. So we got a call saying, can you provide temporary fire protection while we're getting this thing? Because the back order on the permanent pump was such that it was delaying their production schedule, their project schedule, which is a problem. And so we brought in the temporary system, fired it up, tested it, they approved it, and the township said looks good to us and they got the co and they got they started moving in product and they got everything going until they could get the permanent pump installed
0: that's great um i want to go back to something you said todd earlier about the the fire system the fire protection system the best ones are the ones that never get used right you you don't (laughs) (laughs) You know that they're working when they're not they're not working. Um, And I know that's true. But so then how as a like a business owner, developer, even the consultants, um, how do they know what constitutes a quality and reliable fire system?
2: Well, from the pump end you know, you're supposed to do a weekly or monthly test uh, that's covered in NFPA 25. You know, the installation of the pump and the design specifics of the pump are in NFPA 20, 25 covers uh, inspection, testing, and maintenance. So if you're doing that inspection, testing, and maintenance, you're doing your weekly or your monthly test of that pump, you'll be able to see any degradation that happens. You know, if the wear rings are going out, if the, you know, you have some some uh the impeller starts wearing down you know bearings start start uh to rattle start to squeal those are the things you want to look out for um you know we have proven designs you know some of our designs go back to the 60s without any change some of them always changed is uh you know small nuts and bolts on the side of them um you know when we introduce new pumps it goes through a lot of scrutiny not just the the normal UL and FM listing certifications and testings that everyone does. You know, we have a large engineering department in global engineering, really. Um, and, and everyone gets involved and we, you know, we not only prove that we meet the minimum criteria, but that we're not gonna have any warranty issues that we're providing a reliable pump. You know, there's a lot of liability that goes along with providing part of a life safety equipment. And at Xylem, we take that very seriously. We We take, you know, our responsibility not just to sell the pump and to our shareholders, but also, you know, to society, we're providing a quality product. That's going to protect life, protect equipment. You know, we take, we take pride in that and it's not just a matter of we want to sell another pump. So we're not going to sell a pump that's going to fail in five years after the warranty expires. So you have to buy another one. We're selling you these pumps and some of the pumps we've seen installed they've been there for 50 years or more, you know, maybe you've changed the bearings. You've definitely changed the packing at some point, but the, the casing, the impeller, the shaft, that stuff that can run forever if you take care of it. So we're really happy with that. And when we get pictures from reps, we, you know, we get word from the field that, you know, we see this pump that's been installed for 50 years and, you know, do you even make parts for it? What can we do for it? You know, a lot of times, yeah, we can help you with that. And, you know, we, we love those pictures. We love seeing that.
0: Thanks. I I mean, I think, I think that's really informative and helpful. Um, So let me go into some of the challenges that we're seeing in the fire protection industry right now. What are some of the typical ones? And then I'd like to get a better understanding if there are things that are specific to our current environment that might be creating some challenges um, for the industry. So, um, Maybe we'll start with you, Pete, Uh, just some of the typical challenges you see, and then um, I'll follow up with a question for that.
1: Well, the typical challenge that we face is matching the existing system with a temporary system. And we first ask, what is the duty point of the pump that's there? How how much flow in gallons per minute or liters per second, meters cubed an hour? And then what is the discharge pressure? Uh, requirement. One challenge that we've faced and have succeeded with is the customer's desire to have remote monitoring of a system. So now a permanently installed system is just there, but a temporary system sits all by itself. Now with what we call FST, Field Smart Technology, that temporary system can communicate with the manager of that building over a smartphone. So if that pump should come on in an emergency, that manager sitting in his living room watching TV would get a notification on his phone immediately that the pump came on, which would say, oh, my gosh, okay, we've got a situation that I need to react to. So the challenge of communication, which in this digital age is just, advancing at a rapid pace, has been met by remote monitoring information available even with a temporary system as opposed to just a permanent system, but with a temporary system. And that's, that's probably one of the most significant changes that's occurred in the last several years. That's really okay. brought peace of mind to the people that have these temporary systems that they're not used to having and they're a little worried about to begin with. Now they have that information at their fingertips.
0: So, so maybe this, maybe you're already going to answer my next question then. But, um, you know, how, if at all, are things like climate change, COVID, wildfires, flooding and damage caused by hurricanes, how are those things impacting the way we do business and what's required for fire protection systems? Maybe, Pete, you can, you can talk about the temporary side of things, and then I'll... Yeah,
1: uh, it's funny. Uh, Todd and I were talking about this a little while ago. And really, the term water management is becoming very commonplace in the industry, because look at what's having to be done just to manage water in the West with the wildfires going on right now. And we're seeing a movement... In water supplies away from urban areas with tall high-rise office buildings to the residential areas because people are working from home so now the challenge is how is the water being redistributed and what will that mean for both temporary and permanent systems from Todd's viewpoint Todd you may want to add on to that
2: yeah so you know, as far as the current situation with you know climate change, natural disasters, obviously the temporary is a great solution for when natural disasters strike and you know we have been seeing you know like hurricanes have been getting more severe uh, maybe they're more severe than what the building was designed for so in the case where a fire pump is taken offline because the pump itself was damaged or the pump room or whatever the the temporary solution is is a good solution and it's not just any temporary pump. We do have experience in fire protection systems for temporary installations, So it's, it's a good solution there, but the pump itself, you know, more than the natural disasters, uh, you know, you are supposed to protect your, your pump and your pump room from those natural disasters Uh, for a permanent installation. What's more important, what has a bigger impact on us is climate change and the role it's having on water scarcity. So, we're already we already have certain jurisdictions. California is a great example where they don't allow you to flow water every three years like you're supposed to. You know when you test a fire pump, your annual test, you're flowing all the way through the curve of the pump. You're not just doing a churn test like you do in your weekly or your monthly. Every three years, you're supposed to actually flow water out of the system to verify that it can actually get the water out and to kind of refresh the water that's in there in California. they don't let you do that you know they they restrict how often you can actually flow that water because they're trying to save water. Now, these are life safety, you know, life protection systems. So having that water scarcity start to impact the, the testing and maintenance of a life protection system, that's a major impact. Uh, the other thing that that water scarcity is doing is it's changing the way the cities manage their water, like Pete was saying. But specifically, a lot of cities are moving to variable frequency drives, which is great for energy savings, or they're turning off pumps to save energy. They're providing less pressure overall to the city itself. They're seeing that, you know, maybe we didn't need to put out 100 PSI from our, from our plant. Now we're just gonna put out 60, 70 PSI. What that does is it changes the whole system curve for your fire protection system. If your fire pump was designed for having that, you know, 80 PSI come in and then it's boosting another 100 PSI, if all of a sudden you drop 20 PSI from the system side of things, your overall system is now undersized. So we're seeing that effect. I mean, this isn't just a pump problem. This is a system problem. This is something that NFPA and ASJs across the country are having to deal with. If the city decides to lower the pressure coming into fire protection systems, it changes the whole system. And in some cases, you're going to need to buy a new pump to accommodate that. So We're seeing that. Um, Specifically with COVID, uh, you know, maintenance has always been the biggest challenge with fire pumps. You you have to do those weekly and monthly tests. Most of the time, they're going to go just fine. You're going to be in there five minutes, see it run, leave, you know, everything's fine. Check it on your list. But, you know, for those times when something does need to be replaced or you do start seeing, you know, bearings going out or the packing starting to fail. If something is wrong in that pump room, you have to notice that as quickly as possible. You don't want to be in an emergency situation where a building is on fire. You need that sprinkler protection. And and that's when your maintenance has been lapsed for the last few months or for a year even. And that's when your pump's not going to work. You have to stay on top of that. As reliable as our pumps are, you, you still need to make sure that you're doing the maintenance, you know, these are, like I said, I keep harping on it, but it's, these are life safety. You know, we're not just protecting buildings and saving insurance dollars. There are people in these buildings, even in COVID, you know, office buildings are going to be more empty. They're not totally empty. You know, we're the, the system has to work to save lives. So maintenance is a big deal with COVID, you know, the office buildings start getting empty staff start getting, you know, reduced. You maybe you're reducing your maintenance staff. You cannot reduce the testing and maintenance frequency of your fire pumps. You know It's just as important in a big empty office building as it is in one that's full all the time, 24 uh, seven. You can't reduce that, that maintenance budget. You, you have to make sure that your life safety system is gonna work. So that's the biggest impact uh, COVID is having on us. Just making sure you have the personnel and you're dedicating the time still. You know This mm-hmm. isn't one of the areas that you cut.
0: And what kinds of things uh, are Xylem doing to help our customers address these challenges?
2: Well, we're trying to get the word out. You know, things like this is a good example. We we want people to understand that you know, just because you don't have you know, you're wanting to have cutbacks, this is not the area to do it. You know, you want you need to have life safety. You need to have it in its prime, optimal condition at all times because you never know. When that emergency situation might happen, so we're trying to get the word out. You know, we have a good network of reps. You know, AC Fire. We work with a lot of good reps across the country. They all understand it. Um, you know, we're, we want to make sure that they get the word out to their customers, to the sprinkler contractors, to the end users, to the building owners. You know, there are. You know, we understand it, it's hard times for a lot of people, um, but the fire protection, life safety systems in general is not where you make cuts.
0: And Pete, what about on the temporary side of things? Are there specific things that we're doing to help our customers?
1: We're facing the same challenges that our customers are facing in terms of having manpower to deliver these systems and set them up in a COVID-secure way. But we're meeting those challenges in, uh, you know, the same way that the rest of the country is we've got the PPE for our drivers and mechanics and all of the, equi- the equipment when it's delivered is set up and installed in a COVID safe way. So, yes, things have changed. Things have changed, but they have to because you have to maintain the safety of your employees uh, and make sure that they're safe as well as the customers that you're trying to protect with a fire protection system.
0: And I imagine that field smart technology comes in pretty handy um, when you have reduced staff and or there's dangerous situations, response to uh, natural disasters or what have you, where you don't want to have a person (laughs) in there um, checking the, the temporary system.
1: I mean, wouldn't it be easier to sit on your couch and pull up the phone and look at it as opposed to driving all the way to the building and check it out? Absolutely, Amanda. It's so much of a benefit to our customers to be able to access that information on demand and know exactly what's going on rather than to have to send a person or go themselves to the building. Again, any time that you can leverage digital technology and information remotely under COVID situations, it's a win.
0: To hear more discussions about challenges and trends in today's water industry, tune in to our other shows on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, including In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, about issues impacting the residential and agricultural markets, Through the Water Cycle, a series reviewing every aspect of the water utilities segment, from treatment to monitoring and reuse, and the Bell & Gossip podcast focused on HVAC and plumbing systems for commercial building services. Stream, download, and subscribe for these episodes and more. So my next question is about, it's sort of related, but it's different. Um, It's about applications on either permanent, on the permanent or the temporary side so I'll probably have Todd, you go first, and then I'll have Pete, you talk about the temporary side. But are, are there any um, applications that are experiencing either more growth or more impact by the, today's events than others, for example, like offshore applications, industrial processes, commercial buildings? Um, so Todd, if you want to just lead us off with that uh, answer, it'd be great.
2: Yeah, the trend we're seeing is um, we're seeing a lot more big box warehouses being built. Um, Those typically have, you know, 1,500, 2,000 gallon per minute pumps. We're seeing a lot of those, you know, we have Amazon, we have others coming in that are doing that kind of thing. We're also seeing, you know, VFD uh, electric drivers and PLD engines, the variable speed options are getting more popular uh, their their use in fire pumps and fire protection systems is a little more limited than in some other systems. So they're not as widespread yet. But we all recognize that's the future. It is growing. Um, you know, you have the potential to save some water, the potential to save energy. Obviously, an emergency situation, no one's counting the, the pennies on the emergency, on the uh, electric bill. But it, it's going to happen. We all recognize that as the future. And NFPA has allowed that uh, we sell variable uh, frequency drive controllers. Uh, we sell uh, pressure limiting device engines. So the engines itself on permanent installations can vary their speed, much like the Godwins do to, to reach their duty points. Um, the alarms that are output from the controllers, they are standardized by NFPA, but there's a lot of extra things you can do. You can add uh Modbus or Ethernet connectivity. You can add, you know, cell service if you've got it in the pump room. You can You can monitor a lot of different things now, uh, and we 're seeing that become more common. Um, you can even do remote testing now, so for that weekly or monthly test, instead of sending a guy into the pump room to run it, it can be done remotely as long as you can monitor all the same things, be it a camera or sensors or what what have you That is allowed now and it's becoming more popular. Uh, I think we 're in the infancy of that uh, fire protection in general is slow to adapt new technology because they rely so much on uh, proven technologies, proven uh, systems. But we all recognize what the future is uh, and it's going to follow the same thing that you know, the water systems, HVAC systems have, you know, variable frequency drives, more monitoring, more sensors. We know what's going there. There's always going to be a place for a person in that pump room though. Uh, You know, there's always going to be a place for a person with experience to be able to see What's going on in the pump room and be able to address it quickly and make sure that, you know, that that fire pump system is is not going to go out of out of service. You know, you have to have that. You never know when that fire is going to start, when anything can happen. You want to make sure your your fire pumps in, in peak condition at all times.
0: Sure. Absolutely. So, Pete, you were talking earlier about, you know, using temporary systems in an in a commercial building situation like walmart needing to bring in a, a system before they could get their permanent system installed um is that where you're seeing a lot of is that where you're deploying a lot of temporary systems or where are you seeing most of that go these days
1: Ben, it's interesting because we do kind of follow the trends that the permanent installations have. When Todd mentioned the big box stores and stuff like that, certainly we're seeing a lot of applications in that. And he mentioned VFD, the variable frequency drive, and that's because the permanent installed fire pumps are driven primarily by electric motors. And to change the speed of that electric motor, you have to vary the frequency of the electricity that's feeding the motor. On the temporary side, being diesel driven, the diesel engines over the last 15 years have now incorporated an electronic brain as part of the emissions control, the tier legislation that's been phased in over the last 15 years. And with that electronic brain comes the ability to communicate with a control panel and therefore vary the speed of the diesel engine from an external source, such as a pressure transducer on the discharge line of the fire main. So, if there's a drop in pressure because somebody opened the sprinklers, open Amanda, right? And it's ruining your hairdo for the day. Thank you very much. <laughs> and and so now the pressure dropped in the discharge line. That signal goes to the control panel that sends a signal to the diesel engine to start, ramp up, and meet the operating speed necessary, and then. As the fire continues, if pressures change, the RPM, the speed of the diesel engine changes as well to match the duty point required. So the diesel engine can replicate all of the functionality of a variable frequency drive on an electric motor. And that's a real benefit to the customer. So the other thing we're seeing is in, in, um, in naval shipyards where naval, uh, ships are coming in and commercial ships are coming in for repair and maintenance. They shut down and repair their onboard permanently installed fire pumps. Well, they, they need to have a temporary system at the same time so that they can keep fire water available on a temporary basis when their permanently installed pumps are being maintained.
0: That's really interesting, Pete. I would not think of that as being like an application on the rise. So I wonder if, you know, it's just we're doing more shipping in general or just the timing of the maintenance and updates to these vessels
1: it's a little of both really, Amanda. Uh, I mean, it's the cycle of shipping on the increase because of just, you know, online buying and everything else, you've got cargo coming in from all over the place. And then, and, and now with the cruise industry taking a little bit of a hit with COVID, they're bringing some ships into port for extended periods of time and doing a little bit more extensive maintenance on them than they normally would just because they have that opportunity.
0: Great. Right. Uh, I want to go back to something you said uh, you mentioned earlier about um, regulations and there's I mean we could have an entire discussion a separate pod episode devoted to um, fire regulations but um, I just kind of want to touch on a few things uh, before we wrap up here um one of the things that I've been learning as I've been uh, um, interviewing these folks on these pods is that you know some of the regulations are mandated from a state level, some are federal. So can you talk about um, I mean, maybe there's some of both, but can you talk about the the kinds of, of regulations that um, that you're experiencing in in the fire industry? So Todd, maybe you can start with that.
2: Yeah, so for fire pumps specifically, NFPA 20 is our is our go-to that covers everything about the installation of permanent uh, fire pumps. So it's updated every three years, but it's just a standard. NFPA writes standards that can be adopted by local jurisdictions. So in the U.S., NFPA is the standard everywhere. Um, it's adopted into law in all 50 states. Uh, states uh, and local municipalities are free to adopt it and make their own changes. So like I, I said about California restricting water use, that's one of the changes they make. Uh, some of the inspection, testing, and maintenance is different in different places, uh, different requirements about what you can do with backflow preventers, you know, what kind of piping you can use, that kind of thing. It's So NFPA is the standard And then local jurisdictions can adopt them. So it's either the state or even down to the city level. Sometimes they adopt a a version of their own code and they can actually adopt older versions of NFPA 20. So NFPA 20 is updated every three years, but you know, you might have the local local jurisdiction moves a little bit slower. They could be two or three editions back still. Um, And that's what the AHJ, the authority having jurisdiction is gonna sign off on that installation. That's what they're gonna go by, not by the newest version so it's something you have to keep an eye on. And, you know, what What I'd say to sprinkler contractors and building owners is to know what your local jurisdiction, you know, whether it's the city that controls it or the state or the county, uh, know what their requirements are, know how they adopt it. NFPA 20 is, you know, widely recognized as the standard for fire pumps. It's a great reference, you know, what, regardless of your local jurisdiction. But you should know the the specific requirements uh, that your jurisdiction might have put in place.
0: Is, is that the same on the, the temporary side, Pete, or?
1: You know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, last time I uh, had the pleasure of spending some time with Todd, I was out in Morton Grove and we were talking in a training session with a bunch of uh, fire pump reps about NFPA 20 in temporary systems. And to a person, each one of them said that they weren't aware that NFPA 20 applied to temporary fire pump systems. And the reason being is that they're temporary, they're not going to be there forever. So, therefore, all of the regulations that are written around permanent installations. Really don't apply to the temporary, so they agreed. Uh, what happened was at the end of the conversation, they said that they felt that the individual jurisdiction that that uh, Todd was just talking about would have the final say on a temporary system, and that's what we see most often. We see the uh, uh, the official come out from the township or from the city and look at the look at the temporary s- setup we test it, we run it, they sign off on it and say looks good to us, but it's not necessarily in line with NFPA 20 because again, it's not a permanent installation.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So when we're talking about NFPA 20, that code specifically, and I know it's like the, it's actually international gold standard. I know there are others, um, but, uh, what kinds of things are included in the in the code? Is it is it redundancy or uh testing or um maintenance? Like what are the things that the code are the code dictates?
2: Yeah, so for us, you know, we're selling <clears throat> in AC Fire, we're selling new pumps for permanent installation. So NFPA twenty is what we go by. It covers The suction supply, what the requirements of that is, discharge piping, suction piping, what valves are in the fire pump system, the pump itself, the driver, controllers, requirements for the pump room, you know, uh, getting access to the pump room, you know, you have to have a protected corridor to that room, so if the fire department comes up in an emergency situation, their path to the pump room needs to be protected. So things like that, NFPA 20 covers, um, and then... Where NFPA 20 stops is at the acceptance test. So they tell you how to install it. They tell you where the valves go. And then they tell you how to test it the first time when you're first commissioning, doing the startup for that fire pump system. After that, all the inspection, testing, and maintenance is covered by NFPA 25. And for the pump, it's only chapter eight and 25. The rest of it covers sprinkler systems, risers, you know, the rest of your water-based fire protection system. But chapter eight tells you the frequency of testing tells you the frequency you have to maintain, uh, you know, what you have to do if you change the packing, what kind of retest do you have to do if you change an impeller, what kind of retest do you have to do? Do you have to do a full startup test or you just have to do another churn test to make sure it still works? Um, so 25 is, is good for that. Obviously, you know, at Xylem, we rely on our reps. We rely on uh, those that we're trying to train to do that kind of inspection, testing, and maintenance. So we don't personally do... Uh, much with 25 uh, we focus on 20 all the way up to that acceptance test so um, yeah suction supplies electrical supplies discharge valves pump driver controller pump room what the temperature in the pump room is uh, combustion air requirements for the diesel engine d rates for diesel engines uh, those kind of things is all covered in 20 and if you actually look at the code it's it's not a very thick standard it's uh it's mostly appendix actually trying to explain things, but the actual regulations in there, because it is such a narrow view of just the pump system, it's not a hard one to actually go through. So if, if there's any, you know, building owners or or sprinkler contractors that are not familiar with 20, just get a copy. It, it's not hard to, to understand, you know, and if there's any specific questions, you know, feel free to call us. You know, that's that's what we do. We like to answer those kind of questions. And if you have a hard one that, you know, we've never seen before, it'll just make our day trying to figure it out.
0: Sounds good. Um, Pete, I just want to talk a little bit about the temporary systems and, um, well, a couple things I wanted to ask about. One, I wanted to talk about redundancy. Like, I feel like our temporary – I feel like temporary systems would be used as backup for – Uh, fire protection systems permanent ones but maybe that's not really the case maybe they're really more just for those um, intermittent periods and then also when when it comes to these temporary systems like you mentioned that they're diesel powered typically so does that create a lot of noise and, and potential issues with the installation
1: yeah let me get back to that second one i'll go back to your first question In terms of redundancy, the majority of the temporary fire systems that I've seen put out have just been a single pump out there as a redundant, as a temporary fire pump. So it's a rare occasion where the exception to the rule, where you would have two pumps out there, one as a primary and one as a backup. I've seen that most often in critical applications like in industrial plants. We're like in a refinery where they just don't want to trust a single pump. Industrial plants have redundant pumps for everything just because they have to keep producing their product 24-7. And they can't afford to have a pump be down. So in those occasions, yes, redundancy. In more of the box store like Todd was talking about, they seem to be uh, single pump systems for the temporary Now, your second part of the question about the diesel engine, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of standing next to a diesel engine when it's been operating. If you want to talk to me, you would have to scream in my ear because otherwise I wouldn't be able to hear you. (laughs) And Todd was talking about regulations. The temporary systems that we put in fall under a different regulation, which is noise pollution. And therefore, there's a big concern about this Big honking diesel engine putting out all sorts of noise right next to a hospital or right in the middle of a residential community. So, therefore, the diesel powered high pressure pumps that Godwin has come with what's called a critically silenced enclosure. And that enclosure reduces, now get this, reduces the sound of an open set diesel engine to about 30 decibels. At, excuse me, 70 decibels at 30 feet. So 70 decibels at 30 feet. Now that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Do you know what the decibel chart means? No, of course not. No, so I don't. it's about the, exactly, right? It's about the sound of someone vacuuming a rug when you're standing 30 feet away, okay?
0: Wow, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, and then, and then let me put it to you another way. Like I said, if it was an open set diesel engine, If I was standing next to you, I'd be screaming in your ear. With the critically silenced, we could be standing right next to that engine while it's running and carrying on a conversation in normal volume, standing socially distanced six feet apart and be able to hear each other. That's how much the noise is reduced. It's like a hum. And that's it. So this has been a huge benefit for the temporary fire systems that are being used in residential areas or like I said, hospitals, when they have maintenance needs on their fire pumps, a critically silenced diesel powered pump fits their needs perfectly.
0: Wow. That's, I mean, that's awesome. I had no idea. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to just wrap things up here and... I just wanted to uh, finish off with a question for each of you. Uh, I'll start with you, Todd. Um, What's like the top two things you want people to take away from this conversation today?
2: I mean, the top thing that I always say is maintenance. You know, make sure you're performing your maintenance. Make sure your fire protection system is ready for any emergency. You never know when that's going to happen. The other thing I would say is, you know, when you're looking for a fire pump, when you're you 're shopping you 're evaluating don 't make it just a, a calculation on dollars and cents. you know make sure that pump is right for the application. The curve shape fits what you 're looking for the shut off pressure is what you want. you know the driver is sized uh, in a way that makes sense for your installation. You know make sure you 're choosing the right pump type you know in a pump room you know we, we sell a horizontal split case if you get a horizontal split case with a diesel engine it 's going to be pretty big, loud. It's going to create a lot of heat in your pump room. If you can do the same thing with a vertical inline fire pump, you're going to save a lot of room. You're going to save a lot of noise. And your piping is going to be a little bit easier. So there's a lot more that goes into it than just uh, dollars and cents. I mean, we all know that matters. And that's, you know, more important than ever. It's always more important than ever. But, uh, you know, make sure that you're getting the right pump for the application so that it lasts you a long time. And you're not going to have trouble um, maintaining in the in the proper way.
0: Sounds good. And what about on the temporary side, Pete? What do you want folks to take away from this conversation?
1: Eight words. And those eight words are, there's a temporary solution for every permanent installation.
0: Great. Mic drop. <laughs> I don't know how to uh, follow it up with anything. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you both for your time today and sharing these insights with us and thanks to our audience for tuning in. For more information about Xylem's fire protection solutions, whether from a temporary or a permanent standpoint, please click the links in the show notes. To send me feedback, show ideas, or to be a guest on Solving Water, email me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com. Thanks. The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe.